1: This is Emotional Management, a weekly checkup from the neck up with Dr. Christian Conti, brought to you by Summit Psychology Services on KDKA Radio.
0: Welcome to Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is the show where we get to talk about you, we get to talk about what's going on in your life. If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866 391 1020. Or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com. Or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. Look we all go through emotions, we all go through tough situations, we all go through difficult times in our lives and having someone else to give us insight, a different perspective, maybe see things slightly differently from how we're seeing it can be really helpful. When we're in the midst of difficult emotional situations, our view becomes extremely narrowed and we're not able to see as well as when maybe we're stepped back or we're out of a situation. So just as easily as you could see things in my life from a distance, I can do the same for you and I'm happy to do that. So if you wanna be a part of the show, if you have things you wanna ask me, you wanna talk about, if you have situations that you're, you'd are you like some insight around, 866-391-1020 is the number. So this week I was talking to a person who was going through divorce And she was talking about the anger that she had around the divorce. And she has uh, three children. So there are children involved and there's a lot of emotion going around. You know, Ben Harper in one of his songs said great lovers make great enemies. And it's true when we have so much emotion around uh, a situation, whether that's love, that's passion, then whenever that relationship doesn't work out, Oh my goodness all that passion all that heat turns into anger and what do you do with that and more importantly how does that impact children because children really do get the brunt of that anger and even though parents when they get divorced they know they could tell you intellectually it's not a good idea to talk about the other parent in front of the children in reality that just doesn't play out in reality it happens all too often and whereas it feels good in the moment to kind of get that release and that's really what happens with anger we get we get so upset and we get so physically driven to say something impulsively that we do and when we release that in that moment it might feel good but a moment after that happens regret sets in insight sets in we realize Maybe I shouldn't have come across the way I did. Maybe I shouldn't have said what I said, but maybe you're going through divorce. Maybe you or a loved one is going through a divorce and you want to know, what do I say? How do I give them support without perpetuating the talking about the other person? How do I, how do I best give my friends if they're going, my, my children, my loved ones who are going through a divorce, how do I give them feedback Hey, give me a call. 866-391-1020. Or let's say you're going through divorce yourself. We had um, some very powerful callers a few few weeks back uh, around this topic. And I just think it hits a lot of people. So, you know, there are people who say, "I, I, I know that this isn't the right relationship for me. So, for instance, this woman who was talking to me, she said, I know that this isn't the right relationship for me. My husband knows that this isn't the right relationship for him. However, we are in a church and our faith kind of says that we're wrong or bad if we choose to get divorced. And so we have a lot of our social connections and our spiritual connections are telling us that we need to stay together. And and the only thing that we honestly agree on is that neither one of us should be together. Um, They are miserable around each other. And part of a job of a counselor at times is to let people understand and this was just a, a, a friend interaction when a counseling interaction for me but what one of I've done for 20 years is give people the freedom to say if this isn't the right relationship for you that's okay it's okay to acknowledge that Oftentimes we do more harm than good when we try to stay in a relationship that's unhealthy for us and we grow up thinking, oh no, or maybe your, your, your spiritual beliefs or your religion teaches you, you cannot get divorced. Well that's, I understand that that's a certain perspective that people hold, but I think it's really worth it to be mindful that not only Can you do damage to your own internal psychological world by staying in a relationship that's extremely toxic and unhealthy for you, but you can also do damage to the people around you. So children who have uh, parents who are going through this, like it's, it's palpable. You can sense when people aren't meant to be together, when the anger is there, when there's, when maybe let's say the, the jealousy is uh, kind of tipping over. Once you get to that point, People around you sense it. And oftentimes when people are going through it, they think, well, people can't really see this. I'm hiding this really well. But we don't hide things as well as we think we do. So maybe you're going through it again. Maybe you have loved ones who are going through this and you want to know, what do I say? How do I get through this? How do I handle it? This is the show and this is an opportunity to reach out. Now, as always, this show will be uh, diverse. We'll talk about many different issues. Whatever you call in and want to talk about, whatever issues you need insight around, I'm happy to talk about that with you. And that number is 866-391-1020. I'm also really ex- uh, ex- uh, excited because one of my uh, just most favorite former interns who's now out in the real world Ellen crook is here in the studio with me and she's gonna be joining me coming up in the in in this next segment and she's in studio with me so she'll be with me tonight and uh, just a phenomenal human being I'm super super excited to have her on. Uh, one of the brightest young minds you're going to meet. So excited to have her here. We're going to talk about transition with her because many of you have children who are going through transitions. Maybe they're going into college. Maybe they're going into high school. Maybe they're going into junior high. Maybe you have um, a children who are going out of college. Whatever it is, we're going to get insight from someone who's 23 years old, uh, a, a very extraordinarily bright young lady. And she's going to help give us some insight around that. We're also gonna talk about anything that comes up that you want to deal with. This life is not easy to go through alone and you don't have to go through it alone. I'm really honored about the audience That has shown up for this show. I feel very honored for everyone who is joining us tonight. So thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of this show. And again, if you want to be a part of the show and call in and talk, the number is 866-391-1020. Or if you don't feel comfortable talking, you're welcome to email on the Dollar Bank Instant Access, which is at kdkaradio.com. Or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. This is the Emotional Management Show. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. Welcome to Emotional Management. Super grateful that you're here with us tonight. So in the studio with me is Ellen Crook. Ellen, thanks for coming in.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: I'm excited. So, really, you just was an outstanding intern for me. She went to the University of Pittsburgh, track star. And what are you doing now?
2: I am now working in advertising sales with Clipper Magazine.
0: I mean, and listen, this doesn't, not one job cannot describe you because you do so much and your energy is fantastic. I'm excited for the audience to get to see that tonight.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that. Same with you. I mean, you're always running all over the place, and I never know where you're at half the time, but you always get back to me. A hundred
0: miles an hour, (laughs) a hundred miles an hour. Listen, we're going to go to the phone lines, and we have Joe. Joe, you're on KDKA Radio.
3: Well, I was just, while waiting, I was, thank you, I was just thinking of, uh, you know, obviously everybody's a different case, everyone is a different case, but, um, just want to mention from you what you were saying before the ads that uh, I come from a family that sadly uh, my mom and dad didn't work out together and there was all constantly talk as we got older of why they stayed together. They stayed together for us kids. Yeah. And and tell you the truth. I just remember the pain and it affected me the rest of my life. I remember uh, my, my dad was, was away all the time and my mom, the, even though I was just seven, I could see the pain in her, mm. and and it, it affected my relationships. It affected, you know, if they had moved on, which they eventually did, and remarried, it would have been better off for all of
0: us. Well, and I and I think that's a it's a powerful point that you make it, it, to know to hear that firsthand experience that it affected your relationships. I think that's really powerful for others to hear as well because I, I I've seen that for twenty years I've watched twenty thousand hours of sitting down with people I've seen people say you know I kind of just wish my parents wouldn't have stayed together because what were they really role modeling for me while they were angry?
3: Exactly, and you and people think kids. Kids are probably more perceptive than adults because they don't have all the, all the haze of of life in the middle. I remember going to see my mom, and she, she, she you know, going to see her in her bedroom on Sunday morning, and and I remember, you know, her laying in her bed, hugging her pillow, <laughs> mm. and I remember how sad she was, you know, and then you know, when you're just seven years old, to see your your mom sad and your dad not happy it It doesn't put it this way when they were married there there was joy in the house at least there was that
0: right so let, so, so it, even at seven years old, I mean you're talking about you were seven years old and able to pinpoint that stuff. So if you could take that experience from the past and talk about how has that or how does that impact you, let's say in your present day life or how can I help with insight in your present day life around something like this?
3: Oh my gosh, I I just intended to tell people that are out there, don't stay together for the kids.
0: Ah, okay, we'll take it.
3: I don't know how it could help me. I, uh,
0: you, that's I, uh, yeah. we'll take it. We'll take that insight. Appreciate that, Joe. I hey. Um, I think that that's very powerful too to talk about being seven years old and saying that and seeing that at seven years old. So I I hope our our listeners out there are hearing that. And this is and you're obviously older than seven years old right now, and it still impacted yeah. you to this day. So <laughs> hey, thank you so much for calling, Joe. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate you. So um, yeah, this that's so powerful. It's true, Ellen. Listening to someone like that be as an adult still be affected by something that she saw when she was seven years old. I mean. It's powerful. Kids can see stuff. They it's, see it.
2: Yeah. It's impressive. I mean, it's kinda one of those things where I think parents might chalk it up to, well, they're young and they just wanna see us together where in reality if if it's not if it's not a healthy relationship and the kids feeling down about what they're seeing, it's it's only gonna affect everyone's day to day activity rather than just switching up a few weekends and, you know, figuring yeah. out their best way to go about things. But
0: it's like putting a Band-Aid on something that is much bigger than a, needs a Band-Aid and a huge, huge a wound that needs operated on. And you're putting a Band-Aid on thinking, well, OK, let me just do this for them. You know, if we looked at research, research actually demonstrates that when parents um, go their separate ways when children are still young, under five years old, that their children actually turn are much more comfortable with that, knowing that because they grew up knowing that life with their parents apart. So a lot of times when parents are, are wavering on should we should we do this or not? And again, I'm not advocating everybody just go right to divorce. I know a lot of times um, people struggle with going from one extreme to the other. So they hear, well, if you're talking about divorce, then you're you're saying everyone, I'm not saying everyone should get divorced. I'm not saying everyone shouldn't. I'm just saying that if you're in a relationship that's toxic for you, that's hurting you, that's harmful for you, it's worth questioning why are we in this relationship? Why are we staying together? So I I think that's powerful.
2: I was just going to say, and in, in her situation specifically, it sounds like there wasn't a lot of compromise or work being done to get better in the relationship where if there is some progress and they're trying to make things happen, yeah, that's... That's a reason to stay together, but when you see your mom sad like that and your dad unhappy, it it comes to a point where you're only being fair to... You're so, you know, you're not being fair to anyone in this right. situation.
0: Right. And I think sometimes being able to take that Band-Aid off and go through that tough experience. I think a huge part of emotions is being able to go through the tough part of them. I say all the time there's a beginning, middle and end to every single emotional experience. So whatever you're going through is going to pass. The question is, how are you going to deal with it until it gets past? Um and speaking of beginning, middle and end, your college career went fast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it went really fast. <laughs> it went too fast. No. <laughs> it did. It um it was a great four years, but when you look back I, I feel like I should still be maybe a sophomore, <laughs> not not out in the work field. But um yeah, it was I mean, Pitt was by far my best choice I could have had for a college. Um, I actually came from a really small hometown. We graduated about 85 kids oh, in wow. my high school. Yeah, it was a public wow. school, just really small. Um, and you know, going going out of high school, I wasn't too worried, but the transition into such a big s- school and a city lifestyle was a little concerning at first. But it, we the way the way it is in athletics, they kind of bring you in like you're a family. And pit life skills really helped us kind of get to know all different aspects of teams and. We it just it feels weird being gone now. Looking back at some of my friends that are still there on the team and looking at things, but now in the work world, I'm I'm learning a lot about myself and I'm I'm enjoying it.
0: So <laughs> I think first of all, we met at the Pit Life Skills because I spoke at. Was that where we like, yeah we yep. probably first interacted? Um, but what I was thinking of, of that I think would be so helpful for our listeners is you you are going through it right now you're going you're going through that transition where you recently graduated you're out in the workforce and i think so many of our listeners have children who are going through transitions whether they're going through transitions from junior high to high school whether they're going from you know elementary school to junior high or college into the workforce and you're doing that so i thought it would be good to get insight from someone at, t- at you're 23 years old what you experience in that transition so how has it been for you to actually make that transition
2: so you know, in the beginning, it's tough just because you're you're so used to such a schedule, especially being an athlete. Um, we were getting up every morning, going to practice, and you had your classes, you had your friends, you went home, you were with your friends. You know, it was it was a really good setup. And then when you leave, you kind of have to almost re-identify yourself a little. Um, you kind of have to see, all right, what do I what do I have to do to to find, find my way, you know, so when I when I went into the work field, I, I started writing lists and I started saying, because I work from home, so a lot of it's, you have to know kind of what you're going to do in the day and where you're going to be, but I would do that and it, it really helped me a lot just trying to kind of get a list and from
0: there. One of the things I'm really excited about with talking to you is you're so self-motivated and there are a lot of, we talk about emotional management and there's a lot of emotions to be managed around being self-motivated and being able to get and do things on your own. So I'm really glad that you're here in the studio with me today because we're really going to get into that throughout the show. If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020 or you can email us on the dollar bank instant Access at kdkaradio.com. Or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. This is uh, really a, an unbelievable opportunity to see things from other people's perspectives. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDK Radio. This is Emotional Management. You know, I'm honored to do this show. This is the show about life. In studio with me, Ellen Crook. Ellen, so happy to have you here. <laughs>
2: I'm so happy to be here. This is awesome.
0: If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020. Or you can email on the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com. Or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. One of the great things about um, these uh, opportunities to... Uh, from Dollar Bank and from the right automotive text line is that it gives you a chance if you don't feel comfortable um, talking, then you can at least get the message out. And we do have questions to get to that have been emailed and that have been, uh, you know, text in. But we're going to go to the phone lines right now. And uh, Mike, you're on KDKA radio.
4: Well, hello, Dr. Conte. And I'm sorry, I can't think of your guest.
0: Ellen. Of your guest. Ellen 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 yes
4: Yes. (laughs) okay well good I'm I'm enjoying the show with both of you thank Thank you you so much Mike (laughs) Uh, a comment on your last caller who talked about the trauma of a marriage that maybe should have ended in a a amicable divorce or what have you Uh, I'm read I just started reading the book um, the boy crisis okay wonderful book. I'm, you know, I'm just first few chapters, but, uh, there was a time when folks stayed together because of the stigma associated with divorce. Right. Right. Then people, and then women had more freedoms. They were, you know, you had birth control, a lot of different reasons. Okay. But I think the most important thing to do, if there is a divorce, is to establish guidelines so that the kids can see mom and dad at their best.
0: Yeah, Not I mean it's it. it's it is important. It's so important to have the kid. Well, it's so important to have the children be involved um, and yes. still be connected and know that they don't have to be a part of the anger that gets all caught up in the, right. in, the in the parents.
4: Is and it? I know that that's probably easier said than done, but I just wanted to add my two cents in there.
0: No, it's worth it's worth the effort. Is there? Do you have any questions in regard to how I could be helpful for you in your life right now?
4: Uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I just uh, I just uh, received some uh, what you might call terrible, terrible information on a medical basis
0: oh my goodness I'm so sorry to hear that
4: well but it's okay and I'll t- I'm 67 years old I've never felt better in all my life okay I have decided that what I'm going to face I'm going to face it in the best possible manner expecting the best possible outcome and if something goes wrong uh, I'll still deal with it mm-hmm. Wow I have a wonderful I have a wonderful wife who I've been married to for almost 48 years. Wow.
0: Well, congratulations. That's awesome.
4: <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I know it's uh that that, that that's that 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 could be broken down into about four or five marriages. But anyway, I,
0: I don't want to get started. <laughs> no, listen, I'm sorry to hear what you're going through, but I actually, I'm actually really grateful that you shared that perspective because there are a lot of our listeners out there who are going through difficult times and, and get that type of news that can be, you know, this is really uh, very challenging health news. But I think you're actually really, I, I really believe you're right. Like at the end of the day, w- if you're going to face whatever time is, like, whatever problem you're facing, you can mm-hmm. either face it with a negative attitude and be upset about it, which only has negative health effects, or you can face it with this positive attitude of, let me, let me really try, and not be naive, but let me be positive about and hopeful. And I think that's excellent.
4: Yeah, and, and, and I, I will tell you this much, I actually feel that way you know, I it's not it. like a false front. My wife said, "You're not putting up a false front for me, are you?" And I said, "No, I said you you'd read right through that, you know?" What I mean? <laughs> Absolutely I, been really, together that I long. Really she chilled. sees
0: You know she could see through that. You've been together yeah. that long.
4: Hey, let me give you a hint. Never marry a woman who's smarter than you. I'll tell you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I've already done that. I've been married for 18 years, and I know my wife can see through me in a second. In one split second, she can see through me. But uh, thank you so much for your call. I definitely oh, that's appreciate that. Right. I enjoy
4: that, right? the show. Who, who are you going to have on
0: next week? Hey, that, we got to stay tuned for that, buddy. <laughs> oh,
4: okay, I will.
0: <laughs> all right, I love it. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. And listen, uh, Ellen, I definitely wish you all the best in. Uh, Don't worry, I'm going to call every now and then to let you know how I'm doing. Thank you, love it, I love it, awesome. Well, that's that's fantastic. I mean, listen, Ellen, that positive view it kind of reminds me of you and your positivity. You've gone through injuries in track, and mm-hmm. yet you maintain positivity. How'd you do it?
2: <laughs> um. It actually, it was kind of just a natural reaction, kind of like he was saying, you know, it wasn't really, there was never really a time where I felt myself get angry or maybe a little frustrated, but I think that's normal in Definitely. certain cases. Um, but I, I had a lot of support through this, the whole thing. And I, I kind of found, you know, if you're, if you're faced with something, usually whatever comes out of that situation, you're, you're only going to grow from it. And I can already feel that I've learned so much and react to things Even better than I would have before going through what I did and learned a lot of patience
0: I don't think I've painted enough of a picture about who you are for our audience (laughs) I mean Ellen is just a phenomenal young person. She she is was an outstanding track athlete at an elite level So when you encountered the difficulties you encountered, this was no small thing I mean, you're running track for a big-time division one school and there had to be moments of disappointment of like wow I can't do what I've been doing all my life.
2: Right, right um it definitely there was a point where you know I could kind of feel things turning for my my season actually i I felt like I was really coming in strong and could see where things could really start to go up running wise and that's kind of almost where this injury hit and mm. when I started getting sick. so it was it was a little disheartening just because I knew where things could be, but it it actually was my last time running too you know I haven't run since and I'm working on getting back into shape and running and all that but right now it's it's just a process and you know you 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 can't you can't be upset about it i learned a lot and i had a great two years of running at a division one school and saw a lot of cool things
0: yeah and you had support family support friends support teammates support coaches support yep um but you also kind of looked for that too like you were able to find it you were drawn to that so So one of the things that I could see about you from the outside, like we did, I did a lot of leadership camps um, for University of Pittsburgh where Ellen was uh, in attendance. And one of the things that was amazing I got to watch about you is how you led with your peers and how you led by example. So you would throw yourself into activities. You would throw yourself out there. And I just was I I admired that just from the first time we met. Thank you. You putting yourself out there is it's it's risky to put ourselves out there for anything. And we I want to talk about that with you because you are a a very self-motivated individual and you run into when you're self-motivated. It's not easy to stay self-motivated all the time. So what do you do to keep yourself motivated?
2: So really, when it comes down to self-motivation, it it's one of those things where, you know, one day might f- you might feel a little better. You might wake up feeling with a lot of energy and then there might be a day where you, you don't feel good at all. But each day you have to take on the same thing that you do and keep that routine or you'll lose track of it. And I think you can probably agree with me. You You get up every day and you write something new. I don't know if you guys know this about him, but he has a new thought every single day and he tweets it or he'll send it out and... I don't know that I can even think of one thing a week, like what he comes up with, but it's it's impressive and you and you've done that for what?
0: Uh, several years now. Years. Several years now. Yeah. It's yeah. been about uh five years where I've been in this routine. I wake up every morning, I meditate, and then I think about I imagine myself standing in front of the entire world and I say, What would I say if I was standing in front of the entire world and then I make a conscious statement and I put it out on uh Twitter. Uh, And then they put that out also on uh, Facebook and things like that. But every morning it's definitely new to Twitter is where I do it in that routine. But you hit on the exact formula for true success. No matter what you feel like, you still end up doing whatever you're going to work toward. And so... That's We're going to keep talking about this. I'm so glad you're in studio for the whole time here today. If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020. Or you can email on the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com. Or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the Rate automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. This is the Emotional Management Show. I'm Dr. Christian Conti In studio with me is Ellen Crook. And <laughs> give uh, we, us a call. <laughs> give us a call. 866-391-1020. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio.
1: You're listening to
0: Emotional Management with Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management, where we manage those emotions. You have them right now. You have emotions. We can't escape them. We can never escape them. So when I was young, uh, I remember my my dad was an earth scientist, and I asked him when I was young, I said, what is it that made you want to study um, you know, with geology, with rocks. And he said, well, if you're going to live on one planet your entire life, don't you think you ought to get to know that planet? And I loved that answer. When it came time for me to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, I thought, well, I'm only ever going to live with me my entire life. So don't I think I ought to get to know myself? And that's really what led, honestly, Ellen, that's how I ended up going into psychology.
2: Wow. That's, it's a way to think of it. though. I never, I'm never going to yeah. escape
0: living with myself. Why not get to know me? <laughs> And this is a show where we get to talk about whatever you're, whatever's going on with you. If you want to be a part of the show, 866-391-1020 is the number. Dollar Bank Instant Access is kdkaradio.com. And you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive line. Speaking of psychology, and I kind of want to let Mike know who is coming in next week. Um, next week, I have Dr. John Lobb coming in. And he is from Summit Psychology Services. And awesome. I can't wait. Super excited to have him on. So... Yeah. Ellen, we're talking about, well, we have a couple topics we've been talking about tonight from divorce and how that impacts people to motivation and overcoming things. Let's talk about motivation. We'll go with every direction you want to go with, (laughs) which one you want to hit on first.
2: Let's go with motivation.
0: All right, motivation. So <laughs> when you run into, as a self-starter, you mentioned that you are on your own. You're not going into a building. You're not having somebody tell you be here at this time. So you are, are a self-starter. Mm-hmm. What are some challenges that you face on those mornings where you don't feel like doing whatever that routine is?
2: Right. It, it's it's tough because you know you you get up and sometimes there's days where you might be a little more tired and you wish you could sleep in because no one's stand there telling you you can't, but right. <laughs> you could. But you know you have to. Like I said before, you kind of have to stay true to your schedule. And I, I get up and I like to, I like to try to make the best of my morning, just to start every morning off as as good as you can. Um, I think it helps whenever you're out in the field and dealing with people. But uh, I'll get up and I'll, you know, I'll stretch, do certain things like that. I'll make some coffee, um, and then I just sit down and just get organized for my day. Once you have a clear mind, it seems like it's a lot easier to keep keep your schedule and day going. And that's kind of where I found the motivation. Um, it's a little different, like I said before, than being out and having a team and waking up with everyone else. Because when you're in the field, I mean, you're in the car and you're driving by yourself some days and it's it gets, it can get lonely. But luckily I get to go in and talk to a lot of different owners and learn about their businesses. And it's it, it, that's something that excites me too, just to get to see People that could be future clients. So
0: uh, that well, so that those words, that's what excites me is uh, that's a that's an important piece because a lot of people, when you're trying to be a self-starter or a self-motivator, you've got to be excited about your life, whatever it is that you're doing. Even mm-hmm. if in that moment, even in, an, in any given moment, let's say listeners out there are not doing exactly what they want to be doing in life, what does excite you and how can that become a part of your foreground so that you focus on what excites you? Right. And when you focus on what what excites you, it helps you get over those obstacles. Like I might not be doing in this moment. So for instance, um, I say this to uh, my daughter, if you're in a subject where it's not your favorite subject, you need that subject to get you to where you want to be eventually. So that's, that's really, you have to go through it. Mm-hmm. You can't have everything be exactly the way you want it in that moment. And I think that's something that I'm wondering, I'm curious about, like from your generation's perspective, even, even maybe not you, but maybe peers, have you seen where people kind of demand they want? Because in social media feels like i can get it right now i can yep. be a star right now so i would i mean i am curious to see how that impacts your peers from your perspective
2: uh-huh everything seems to be now like you said you know you can you can get a text you can get an uber everything's right at the palm of your hands really anymore and it it can be scary but i have a lot of a lot of friends and a lot of peers that i think still keep that motivation they keep that line of Okay, yes, I can get this, but I have to work in other areas to maintain and be able to obviously still live a life of having to work for something. Um, But in, in certain situations, I do worry that some mindsets might be altered due to that now. Mentality,
0: right? Because if you say if someone could say, "Well, I don't have to wait to be. Uh, I can just get on YouTube, make my own video, and then I'm going to get paid to do this thing." And I think mm-hmm. there's a maybe an illusion that you kind of making a video, and all of a sudden everybody's just going to be knocking down your door and <laughs> sending you bags of gold, and right. that's not that's not get the reality. Sponsored, right? <laughs> yeah, you get sponsored right away, and I think that because it is possible to physically do that, that people think that because it's possible, it's probable. But just because it's possible doesn't mean it's probable, which means you really got to work right. to get to where you want to be.
2: Exactly. Because as you know, I mean, if you put the work in, it's it's going to be probable. But I think that line in between of work and expect expectations is kind of where things could fall short and...
0: It's, 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 it's really important to understand that line. So I want to go to the text line and we have a text and it says, my ex is narcissistic and he only cares about himself and his new girlfriend and her baby. He doesn't even talk um, to my friends anymore when they see him out. How do you deal with narcissists? So, okay. So first of all, thank you so much for this question. There's not a name there. So I'm not, I can't answer my name, but I can say this, I'm going to guess Just by reading this text that you might not be dealing with someone who's narcissistic. Mm -hmm. How could I possibly know that? Well, if he cares about his new girlfriend and her baby, um, they you know, caring about others is not a trait of narcissism. Narcissism gets thrown around as a term that is anybody who does something that hurts you because they were self-centered. Mm-hmm. And that's not what narcissism is. Clinical narcissism is an inability to focus on others, uh, because you're only focusing on yourself. And I noticed that that word, speaking of this topic of divorce, like I noticed that that word gets thrown around a lot when people get out of relationships, like this person was so narcissistic. And that is not the actual reality. They might've been self-centered or maybe they were not conscious of you or thoughtful of you, but that doesn't mean they don't have the ability to be thoughtful of others. It just means they weren't thoughtful with you. And that's really a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. And so what do we do? We call names. Hey, they're narcissistic. And so I would just say be mindful to anyone out there who's throwing out the word this person's narcissistic because they acted in self-centered ways. Just acting in self-centered ways is not narcissism. you hear that term thrown around a lot?
2: I do. Yeah. I, I actually as I was listening to you read that I kind of was in my head thinking, well, I wouldn't wouldn't chalk it up to narcissistic. Um though that is a really upsetting thing to hear. You know, you don't you don't want to See someone that you once cared about and they cared about you just completely ignoring you or almost dealing with it in that way. But sometimes people's way of moving past something and coping with a relationship or whatever, they might just ignore a situation and not really know how to handle that. And
0: well, you're right. So they might not know how to handle it and it's painful. And so definitely my heart goes out to anybody who's struggling. It does. It's why I do what I do. It's why I'm fired up about helping people in whatever way I can. Um, But I wanted to say, especially I wanted to highlight that in, in the context of what we're talking about tonight, that a lot of times when people break up their first thought is this person is narcissistic mm-hmm. and and here's where that can be harmful so if we really believe that someone's narcissistic then it's, and if let's say you're co-parenting and now you're thinking well this person does not care about anyone and then you start to put that message into your children's head that this person's narcissistic when in fact they might not be healthy in that relationship. So I used to run a center for people convicted of violent crimes and there was a a man who had been abusive to his ex-wife. And one day he came up to me and he said, you think I'm a good guy, don't you doc? And I said, listen, I think that you're a good person. I don't think that you're very effective in relationships. I don't think that you should get into a new relationship until you learn a lot about yourself mm-hmm. and how to be in a relationship. Because at this point you haven't demonstrated that you're able to handle that. But that doesn't mean I think you're a bad person. It just means I don't think you're very effective in a relationship. Right. And that was, uh, he understood that.
2: Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a good way to put it because a lot of people pinpoint one adjective to describe what they are. You know, I, I did this, so I'm that. And that, and you know, one action doesn't, that doesn't define you as a person. It's not, as much as it might be, you know, something that you wouldn't have necessarily done, it doesn't, exemplify your character, it doesn't make you a bad person.
0: Exactly. One adjective is not going to define you. It's not going to define me. It's not going to define anyone. If you want to talk, the number is 866-391-1020 Dollar Bank Instant Access KDKARadio.com or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line that's the best deal in Pittsburgh. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. She's Ellen Crook. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. A weekly checkup
1: from the neck up with Dr. Christian Conti. Brought to you by Summit Psychology Services on
0: KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. This is the show where we get to talk about anything that is going on in your life. Let's say you have an issue and you say, I sure could use some insight around this. I wonder what Dr. Conti would say. Give me a call, 866 391 1020. Or if you don't feel like talking, and by the way, if you want to call, you can be anonymous. You can make up a name. Um, you know, you could call about a problem for a friend if you want. And that's in quotes. I shouldn't do a lot of quotations, uh, quote marks. Uh, they that, that need to be seen on air the radio quote. Yeah, yeah air I quotes air quotes yeah. <laughs> you caught it cuz you're in the studio right. <laughs> <laughs> i mean, think the radio listeners heard that or you can email on the dollar instant access at kdkradio.com or text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line that's the best deal in uh, Pittsburgh so Absolutely, like this. The other day, um, I just ate at a restaurant that I've got to mention because this restaurant was phenomenal. The Piper Bay Cafe. Let me tell you something, Ellen. If you're looking for a place to eat, it's in Trafford, PA, uh, one twenty nine Murraysville Road, Trafford, PA. I, you, you, we, everyone out there is looking for restaurants. To say, what is a good place? This place is phenomenal. My goodness. They serve breakfast all day. They got a bunch of food. It's fantastic. But I had... I had French toast and pancakes, Ellen. <laughs> I know I'm eating a little bit more you? than maybe <laughs> than maybe uh, I, I should claim to eating, but they it was they was so it was so unbelievably delicious. The food is so good. The family is like really phenomenal. Husband and wife came out talked. They are just a tremendous family. And so yeah, the Piper Bay Cafe, Ellen, you got to check it out.
2: I can always eat breakfast, so whether it's in the morning or later, that's where I'll. <laughs> That's where I'll have to remember to go.
0: Oh my goodness, is, it is fantastic. So yeah, I definitely wanted to mention that. So we're talking about a couple different subjects and one of the, we're, as we we've got a, a text that said, on the right automotive text line that said, how can I put my past behind me and focus on what's present? And there's not more to that text than just that. So I'm not sure if it's in relation to uh, the, the topic of divorce and the things we were talking about earlier with that. But let's say that it is. how do I put my past behind me and focus on what's present? because let's say you're going through that relationship you 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 understand that look, it's not easy. it's not easy and I would never claim that it's easy. but as people go through and I've done therapy for twenty years with people and I've seen, lots of different people go through like tough relationships and they they split up and there's so much emotion around it and there's so much anger and how do they put that past behind them and stay present in the moment well one way is to really actively focus your mind so we were talking earlier about and we can tie this in with that motivation that you were saying Ellen earlier about like when you set your mind to something you're just going to have to listen i might not feel great right now but if my mind is set on this This is what's going to lead my mind. Mm -hmm. And so let's say you are struggling with uh, your mind. Keeps bringing up the past. I can't believe she did this. I can't believe he did that. Instead of that, be mindful about what your self-talk is. So instead of being driven by this should have happened or that shouldn't have happened. Instead, think about, okay, I'm present. What do I want to fill my mind with? Now, I'm not sure you were at this particular conference. I don't know if you were at this leadership conference when I did this. I think this was last, this past summer. Right. You, you know, no, I went no, to yeah, that one. Yeah, you weren't mm-hmm. at this one. So what I did was I said to the kids, I said, if I gave you each a bucket, we did this outdoors. I said, if I gave you all a bucket, what would you put in it? And they were like, well, what's the context? I'm like, no, if I just give you a bucket, what would you put in it? And so one of the kids said, uh, well, I put my cell phone in it. <laughs> Someone else said, well, I put food in it. And I said, so whatever you put in that bucket, and I'm asking you this right now, and whatever they put in that bucket, that's going to be in the bucket, right? Mm-hmm. So if you put something in the bucket, it's going to be in there. And that seems pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. But that same is true with our mind. If you put anger in your mind, that's what's going to be in your mind. So if you right. constantly say to yourself, this should have happened differently, I can't believe they did that. And that's your focus. Mm-hmm. Then that is what will be in your mind. Yeah. But if you can say to yourself actively, what do I want to fill my mind with? So oftentimes I'll use the phrase loving kindness and I'll repeat, I'll repeat this phrase over and over to myself. So I do a lot of different. Uh, you you know, jobs. And as you know, like I'm, I'm in a lot of places. And one of the things I do that's pretty intense is I work with people convicted of violent crimes in maximum security prisons all throughout the country. So I see some really intense, awful situations where people have done really horrific things. And so when my mind goes to those places, because it's natural, it's going to be in my mind because I've experienced it and talked about it. One of the things I do is I'll say to myself over and over again to, let's say I, I call it resetting, to reset myself, I'll say loving kindness, loving kindness, loving kindness. Mm-hmm. And I'll keep saying that until my mind, I fill my bucket with that. Yep. So that's one way to be able to refocus. That's what I would say to our text is how can I put my past behind me and focus on what's present <laughs> uh-huh. by actively thinking about what it is that you want to be thinking about.
2: Yep. And get rid of that guilt too. I think a lot of, a lot of the past, um, if you look back on it, sometimes it's guilt on yourself too. And you, you have to, you have to be able to Just move past that and kind of find your bucket and put some positive thoughts into there rather than negative thoughts about yourself because you'll only continue to stay in your past rather than move forward into the future.
0: I love that because see, to me, I find when it comes to that guilt and specifically shame. So guilt is, you know, you feel bad about something you've done. You can learn from it. That's fine. But you don't want to dwell in it. Like you said, 100%. I agree. Because what happens when you dwell in it, it's actually called shame because you shame is feeling bad about who you are. Mm-hmm. And when you feel bad about who you are and people live in shame, they act out of shame. So let's go back to this topic of divorce. If somebody's going through a divorce and they feel shame, like I'm no good because I'm getting a divorce, then that it ends up coming out in that feeling of shame gets shown to children, to others by how you feel about yourself. When in reality, what I would love for people out there who are going through that to say is, okay, whatever happened happened. We cannot change one second of the past. I don't really ever care when I'm with people. I never care about one second of the past because we can't change it. I care about everything from this moment forward. Mm -hmm. So really that's my feedback for people is this. You want to focus on the present Think about what's happening in this moment. Like, and that might start with how does this chair feel that you're sitting in right now? How does, how does, how does, how do your feet feel on the floor right now? And when you think about it that, and you come that present, it changes things significantly for people. Mm-hmm. So one thing we're going to talk about too is the, I, I want to keep coming back to the motivation piece because, you know, you're a highly motivated individual and that does, and, and I love what you said earlier. It doesn't mean you always feel like it.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: (laughs) So we're going to talk about, we're going to keep talking about uh, this throughout this hour how to get through that, how to get through those moments.
2: Because it can be tough and sometimes you don't want to do what you should be doing. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what?
0: One of the things we'll do talking about coming up is uh, when we talked about your age group and social media and things like that, a lot of people probably project, well, there must have everything going easily for them because that's what we're posting. You're not posting, hey, I'm having a tough moment. (laughs) You're posting all this wonderful stuff. So excited to talk about that stuff. If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020, or you can email on a dollar bank instant access at kdkradio.com or text us at 866-391-1020 on a right automotive text line i'm dr christian conti this is the emotional management show ellen crook in the studio with me on kdka radio this is emotional management i'm dr christian conti ellen it's great having you in here
2: my mic was on the other side (laughs) it's great to be in here this is this has been an awesome experience
0: so, if you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866 391 1020, dollar bank instant access, kdkradio.com, or text us at 866 391 1020 on the right automotive text line. Ellen, we're talking about motivation. It's winter time. A lot of people struggle with motivation as an elite athlete, someone who has gone through those difficult winter times, mm-hmm. and in, especially in track. So, your season, Your when was your peak season?
2: We actually, um, being cross country also we had three seasons so it was cross country indoor and outdoor track so basically all all year round we were training pretty hard pretty heavy for each season that would be coming up
0: and what do you what did you carry with you what do you carry with you now to you know be motivated to stay in shape now mm-hmm. when you don't have the team and the coaches to do it
2: right um so actually one thing that stands out to me with that is my I live with my sister, um, it's just us two, but she, she gets up at 4.45 every morning, goes to the gym, goes to work, and some days she does some extra work uh, doing study hall down at Duquesne. She was a soccer player there, so she'll do that. And uh, one of the things she said before is, what gets her out of bed is thinking of Ryan Shazier not being able to get out of bed. And when, mm. you, when you do think of other people that really can't do it, and you're lucky enough to be able to just get up, and even if it's not going to be your best workout every single day. If you can just go and get something out of it and feel something and know that you made a step forward rather than taking a day off that probably will turn into a couple days off. That's what's going to get you each better and better and more in the routine of motivation to do it.
0: Well, I really love that, that she can focus on that gratitude for what she has and say, okay, there are people out there that aren't able to do this. So I really think that that's, uh, that's important. We often wait until it happens to us to say, well, I wish I would have been grateful for that. I wish I would have appreciated what I had. And so for me, I actually wrote about this. I did, uh, I was in, I wrote, uh, an article for a chicken soup for the soul, the power of gratitude, a book that came out, uh, last year, maybe the year before, and I talked about the gratitude. Like I had an experience early on in my life where I was so grateful when I woke up the next day that I, it just stuck with me. I had been going through a tough time, but I I really was that that to wake up every morning and say thank you as my first thought, that is my first breath to say thank you. And when you focus on what you do have, it radically shifts versus thinking about what I don't have. Oh no, I don't I don't feel like it. Well, wait a minute, I'm able to do this, whatever that is.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: So you take that with you into your, in into your, in your daily life.
2: Yep. Yep. Because it, 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 there's been times where, you know, obviously when you're in college, you don't really have a choice. Your coach is telling you, you got to be there or not. It wasn't an exception on our team or any team really. But when you, when you go and you have to do that on your own, once again, it comes down to the self-motivation. And there's definitely days where I've, I've skipped a workout and I've, The next couple of days felt that and you, you feel the difference and it's, it's one of those things where it's not going to end your day or week, but it's also something if you stay on that schedule, like we've talked about it, it definitely makes a difference.
0: Yeah. And knowing that you don't have to go on your feelings, you Mm -hmm. can go on your goals. Right. So that's, that's a big difference is that if I have a goal, that's what I'm going to, I'm going to, that's what drives me is my goals. Right. Right. And not that I actually have a story about what really drives me. So there was a gnat and he fell asleep on this bull. And so he, he was on the, he was sleeping on these, this bull's horns. So when he woke up, he said to the bull, Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I fell asleep. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll take off now. And the bull said, I didn't even know you were there. And when I first read that story, I realized I don't ever want to be that gnat. I don't ever want to leave this world and not make a mark. I cannot. I will not be that gnat, Ellen. I want to make a mark. You'll and be that's the bull. I'll be the bull. But that's what, that's what drives me to uh, wake up every day, uh, meditate and say, what could I say to the world to try to bring peace and compassion where I can because this is this is our opportunity to be grateful for what we do have. Right. So somebody with as much positivity as you have, um, where did you learn that? Where did you learn your positive attitude?
2: Definitely from my family. Um, I don't, I don't know that there was really a time growing up that I felt like I couldn't do something, even though I probably couldn't do some of the things that I tried to do, but both, both my parents and even watching my sister, how she was, they, they've always encouraged me that I, I, could do whatever i wanted to do and they kind of taught me to have a mindset that was realistic and you you almost made steps towards that rather than having to accomplish everything in a week you know you you have to work towards it but it was never a pressure feeling it was always like a healthy amount of pressure to do well and that's what's kept me positive
0: so i think there's a, a radical difference between um when people say uh, you can't do this versus saying, listen, here's what you could, this is the reality of, if you want to do this. So mm-hmm. I remember one time a mother uh, came into uh, counseling with her son and she said, all he wants to do is, is ride a skateboard all day. That's all he, he wants to do. And he'll never be, you know, he'll never be able to do this. And so I asked the young man, I said, so what is it you'd like to do? He said, like, I said, I'd like to be a pro skateboarder. I said, okay, awesome. Uh, so that's definitely a possibility. What would it take for you to be a pro skateboarder? Um, uh, you know, I want to get sponsorship and everything. Wonderful. Let's go back to what. What will that look like? how long will you need to practice realistically mm-hmm. to be amongst the best in the world and get a sponsorship? Realistically, you're going to have to practice let's without a doubt every day. There's no, there's no cutting short on that. And then how many hours a day? Mm-hmm. So let's say you probably would it be five hours a day? Would it be three hours? What's realistic that you would practice if you really want to be a professional skateboarder? And he said, you know, it would be, you know, probably at least three hours a day, every day, seven days a week. Okay. So if that's what, are you willing to do that? He's like, well, it's cold outside today. I don't feel like doing So already on day one, you're saying, I don't want to do it. Now, what happened was by me telling him, like validating and saying, yes, if you want this, it's Mm -hmm. possible. Now, here's the way you can get there is to do this. I didn't have to fight against him or tell him you can't do this because the truth is, I do believe you can. I do believe you can do it if you're willing to put in the work. And so I kind of heard that as you were talking, like that sounds like what, that's a beautiful thing that your family instilled in you Mm -hmm. is yes, you absolutely can do anything, which I truly do believe, but it takes work.
2: Right. Exactly. And going back, I mean, like you said, with it being a cold time of the year, it does seem like whenever everyone has their new year's resolution, it's the hardest time of the year to keep it. Um, cause obviously this is when people don't want to go outside. They don't want to get up early to go to the gym, work out, things like that. But if you could look at each week and even if maybe you didn't work out at all, if you could pick three days each week before you go into that week and say, I'm going to get up or I'm going to do this after work. And whether it's go to the gym or whether it's meditate like you do you know something that's going to better yourself and get your mindset where it needs to be you'll start to get into a routine where you almost crave it and you you don't want to you don't want to miss a day and you'll you'll end up doing it every day of the week or you know whatever your time can allow but well,
0: I, I listen, I love this. And while you're talking, we got a, a right automotive text message. I got to read this. It says, Hi, Ellen. I graduated in your, in your year at Pitt, and I admire your story of motivation and pushing through injury. You inspire me. Can you provide some insight on how you manage stress, both now and in your transition from student to professional and during your time as an athlete? Both for Dr. Conti and Ellen, how can you... Help others around you, family, friends, manage stress during times of transition like this. That's just awesome. I love that. I'm so grateful uh, for that. Me too. Right on the text message. Yeah, That's thank fantastic. you. Yeah. I've always said your energy is inspiring to be around. I know the moment my wife and daughter met you, they were just, they loved you. They said her energy is just fantastic. Um, so this is a great question and (laughs) let's, let's talk about this and we're going to have to, we're going to have time to talk about it. We're going to talk about a bunch of this, but yeah, can you provide some insight onto how you personally manage stress?
2: Of course, um, stress. I mean, I think anyone can say they have stress, you know, I don't think that's something to feel bad about or get too overwhelmed with, but what you have to see with stress is it's what you put into it. And if you can, if you can kind of separate them, and I've always thought, if you put all your eggs in one basket, you're you're gonna you're gonna just emotionally break down. You know, you can't you can't put all of your energy into one thing. So if you, if you can give a couple of different things that you have going, like you ask school, um, work or athletics, things like that, that kind of that kind of gives you a couple of things to work with on top of family, friends, etc. So if you can just Give a little bit in each area and if one's maybe not going to where it needs to be Use those other things you have to motivate you to figure out how to get through the stress of what's going on Because the stress isn't gonna last and it's gonna happen So if you can just attack it before it takes over and puts you down I think that's that's the best way to kind of go about Clearing from the stress.
0: I, I mean, I think that is absolutely fantastic. You're, you don't run away from it. It's there Let's attack it. Let's go head on with it. And also, as you said, it's not the only thing. There's a million things, there's so many things going on in your life. So you're not putting all these eggs into this basket. And you know that there's going to be a beginning, middle, and end to it. That's awesome. And we'll address that second part coming up because that's a really, really great question. The number is 866 391 1020 if you want to be a part of this show. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. She's Ellen Crook. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. It's a time to manage those emotions. It's a time to be proactive about managing those emotions. Look, we're all going through things. We're all going through difficult times at times and moments and having insight on how to go through that is super helpful, super helpful. So, Ellen, I love this text we got, um, and we started to talk about it. I want to finish talking about it. So, both for you and me, how can you help others around you, family, friends, manage their stress during times of transition like this? So, So, let's talk about it from, like, what does your family, how do they perceive your transition from, you know, university life out into the professional life?
2: I think communication's key. Um, a lot of a lot of our family relationships build off of just keeping up with each other. Like, I, I always make sure to tell my parents what's going on. My sister always knows what's going on. It just helps. It helps you kind of be on the same page where things just aren't coming out of nowhere and surprising you. So I don't think they necessarily had a hard time with the transition as much as they were supportive. And I think they were happy to see that things seem to work out pretty smoothly for her.
0: And then on the flip side, like to be able to, as a parent, to have a child go into, well, first of all, when they leave home, that empty nest, that feeling of like, well, where is my child now? And that, you know, you, you, your children are your life. I mean, so for my wife and me, our daughter, uh, Kaya, as you know, like that's just our, our world. So, I mean, my, we're already making plans that wherever she wants to go to school, we'll be moving in right next door. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I believe buy, it. Buy the house uh, next door right. um, so that she can always be right near us. But that empty nest that is real because people worry so much. So there's maybe not so much they're they're concerned about you because you're and and the same thing with us with Kai. It's extremely self sufficient and capable. So that's not the part. It's the part of missing you and like what do, <laughs> what do we do? How do we get to spend time with you? So how do you balance that family time in that transition?
2: So a lot of a lot of what I look back at is making the best of weekend situations. So for me, I would travel to meets and, you know, we go to some really cool places. And a lot of times my parents would, if they could work wise or, you know, depending on timing of the year, if they could make it, they would fly down or they would drive to certain meets. And I think that helped them a lot, kind of seeing the atmosphere that I was in and seeing that I had friends that I got really close with so quick. It it definitely helped them, I think at ease and being able to see us, see me obviously was another thing that was helpful. But if, you know, if your kid's not doing a sport or they're not doing something like that, find something they're doing or they enjoy to do and, and go and take them away and do something like that with them. So whether it's go see a show or take them out, you know, whatever. Find quality time. Exactly, yeah. Find
0: quality time with them. Yeah,
2: and it's just putting in that effort and making sure to keep up with them as often as you can, without overwhelming them. <laughs>
0: right, right, without overwhelming. I hear that. So, uh, um, I I know that we've had in the past on this show, we've had callers say, "Well, my child doesn't want to spend time with me." In fact, I just I was speaking in uh, Long Island uh, last week, and I had a woman come up to me and say, "You know, I really would like to connect more with my daughter." Who actually, I believe, her daughter was twenty-three, actually, <laughs> and she said she doesn't really want to connect with me. And so, one of the things I was talking to her about, and I think this can be helpful for our audience, is. Is making yourself a safe space so if I'm gonna be really let's say I wanted to connect with you Ellen and I'm really judgmental about whatever you say or mm-hmm. I'm critical of whatever you're doing why would you want to then reach out to me right so to be able to make yourself a safe space and I think a lot of times people believe we believe That people see our intentions, but the truth is people see our actions, not our intentions. So you might not mean to be nagging or critical or passive aggressive, but Mm -hmm. if you are, you're likely not making yourself a safe space. And then why would one, why would anybody want to reach out and connect?
2: Right, exactly. And when you transition to college too, you're, you're obviously going through a lot and a lot of changing. So kids want that stability. They do want to hear from you and they do want to talk to you, whether they show it right off the bat or not with that freedom. Um, but like he said, you you want to make sure you're support supportive of them. And they're coming to you with stress outlet. They don't want to feel more stress after getting off the phone with you.
0: Well, that's just it. I think so. there are lo- so many parents out there that care so much and they love their children and they want their children to be. I call it the cartoon world. The cartoon world is the world of shoulds. They should be doing this. They should be valuing this. <laughs> And then there's the real world, what they're actually valuing, what they're actually doing. And as long as we demand that our children live in our cartoon world, that they should be doing this, um, then we can really end up nagging them. Mm-hmm. And we can actually make ourselves not a safe space and make them pu- push them away unintentionally. So when they're going through that transition now, not only are they going through that transition, but they feel like I can't call home and talk to somebody about it because they don't understand.
2: Right. Or that it might be afraid of disappointing you too.
0: Yes. See, and so this is I'm super glad you said that because that's something that oftentimes people can't see. It's um so my analogy would be in um projective tests. I don't know if you've ever studied like ink ink blot tests, the Rorschach test. But the Rorschach test in psychology was they just took an ink blot and they would put a, so just imagine an ink blot and uh is perfectly symmetrical. And so the ink blot Ink blot was black, and then there's a white background. So the white background is that negative space back there. And most people focus on obviously the ink blot itself. And what happens in life is we don't really pay attention to that background. So we don't pay attention to why a child might not be reaching out based on things like not recognizing how they might feel like they're disappointing us. Mm-hmm. So you you know what I mean? If they're not saying that, if you're not saying to your parents, um, I'm worried, I'm going to let you down, mm-hmm. which normally most people don't just say, mm-hmm. so they just suck it in and they don't say it. So now the parents are saying, well, well they're not reaching out, mm-hmm. but they don't realize that they are, they're doing things that they might not see.
2: Right. And a lot of the time, like looking back on my college career, my parents were always making sure that you know, I was okay. Like not, not an overwhelming way, but in a way of, did you, did you have enough for the grocery store or, you know, things like that where they're just checking in because college can be tough and you're managing money when you're not, you're not used to that. So just to know, hey, I have someone that's, that's worried and concerned and whether it's, hey, did you apply for that job so you could get some extra money to spend on groceries, you know, things like that with being on a team and all that, it was hard for me. So luckily my parents helped me out, but whether or not it's, it's even down to those kind of things. You just, if you continue to just be that backbone for them, it helps them a lot with transitions.
0: It does. And I think a lot of people don't, um, a lot of people don't, um, realize how much that they might be pushing people away. Mm -hmm. I think that's a key. I really think that's a key. So to be able to bring that in your mind say, what am I really doing? How am I really genuinely coming across to others? that's the point that's that matters but it's hard for people it's hard to look at yourself and say what am i doing how what role am i playing right right um and but, going go going
2: ahead. back to even the uh story you told about the guy with the skateboard if you if you maybe see something like that where oh you think like they're doing that too often or you know something where you're thinking a negative thought about it why don't you try to relate to them in that situation and maybe ask them about the skateboarding if they're if there's something they're showing a really big interest in if you can kind of see why that's happening they might they might come around to opening up more with you too
0: okay so that's beautiful and i agree with that when we start to look into someone's world and say and and someone might be listening and say, well, why should I have to do that? I shouldn't have to do that. Again, that's the cartoon world of shoulds. Mm-hmm. If you want to connect with someone, if you want to connect with your child, if you want to connect with someone, the way to do it is to make the effort to look at the world through their eyes and not... Not be dismissive of their problems. If this is a problem to them, it's a problem to them. A a child in junior high who, uh, you know, would go out with somebody for two days and then break up might think it's the end of the world because Mm -hmm. they're in junior high. To them, two days was a really long relationship and that is the end of the world to them. to not be dismissive of that and to validate that is huge and that's really what my yield theory is about is seeing the world through other people's eyes and being uh val- and validating people's until you can really and really understand what they're going through
2: right because a lot of times you know that two-day relationship <laughs> to say was what they know and that's why it's a big deal to them because they haven't experienced something bigger than that in that circumstance yet. So their reaction to something is real and it's something they're going through, even if to you, you got out of a two-year relationship that feels so much more than something like that.
0: And I'll tell you what's real and what's flying by is this time here with you. (laughs) we got another segment coming up. 866-391-1020 if you want to be a part of the show. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. She's Ellen Crook. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio.
1: You're listening to
0: Emotional Management
1: with Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio.
0: Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. She's Ellen Crook joining me live in the studio. You having fun?
2: I am having fun. Can't believe it's almost 10.
0: You're good at this.
2: <laughs> You're coming you. back. Okay. So I'll do that.
0: here's a text um, from the Wright Automotive text line. It says, Dr. Conti, the idea of free choice has been offering to my children, but my children get upset when I put limits in place or denied choice to their protection. How can you give freedom with parental protection? That is a wonderful question. I really appreciate that text because... I created something called The Four C's of Parenting. If you want to read about them more, uh, I have a book called Zen Parent, Zen Child. And uh, The Four C's, I also have a video on it. In fact, Ellen, I didn't get to announce this on the air yet, but uh, the video I made with Kaya on parenting 10 ways to discipline your children hit a million views uh, last week. (laughs) So that's pretty crazy. It's impressive. And uh, thank you. And uh, we did a video also with her, a more recent one called the four C's of parenting. And in that I talk about how you actually do provide these choices. Look, there are parameters, but the reality is children have a choice in life. They do have a choice. So to deny, well, no, they don't have a choice. They're not a lot. No, they do have a choice. They have a choice to not listen to you. That doesn't mean that there's not a consequence. There's a consequence if they choose not to listen to you. But here's the thing. At first, and and this is very powerful to understand, children with no rules and no consequences end up having the lowest self-esteem. Children with rules and consequences have higher self-esteem. But listen to this. Children with rules, consequences, and explanations, in other words, they understand why they're doing what they're doing, why those parameters are there, have the highest self esteem. So they really understand their world. So, how can you set these limits? Well, you set them very clearly. One of the things that we would do um, is with our daughter was we would practice ahead of time. So, if we were going to go into a store when she was uh, three years old or so, let's say we're going to go into a store, I want you to understand as, as, as a young child. We are not getting anything, but let's go in and practice asking for something, even though you know there's zero chance of you getting it. So we would actually practice the type of behavior that we wanted to teach. So we would go into a store, she could point out something that she liked. She could say, Hey, this sounds really good. May I have this? No, but thank you so much for asking. And we would practice it. We would practice it over and over and over again. Where what what are we going into? So how can you set limits? Well, it's easy because it's not I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, it's not easy. It's easy. And over time, once you do it, it becomes very easy. It makes your life easier when you provide those four Cs: choices, consequences consistency and compassion. So in other words there are going to be choices, every choice has a consequence. I'm going to be consistent in whatever I say and then I'm going to do it all with compassion because my goal is to teach. That is the ultimate goal. So even to this day uh uh my daughter at 13 years old understands that I'm never just going to tell her something haphazardly. I have a reason for why I'm it's my job in this lifetime to guide her and to teach her and I'm going to do that to the best of my ability. So I'm never going to say no, just to say no, uh, or assert my, you know, dominance. Oh no, you can't do it because I said so. No, I'm going to say, here's why this is my reasoning behind it. So that's how you set those limits.
2: And his daughter, Kai is a great example of high self-esteem because when he says that, don't take it in a negative commentary of, Oh, she's cocky or something like that. She, she knows exactly what is right. And I've had many conversations with her that I've picked up just from, just little things that she's told me that i i can tell she's she's very confident and she knows what's the right thing to do um one thing for example that stands out i was i met with them um probably back in gosh last summer and she was telling a story about a girl in her gym class that maybe didn't have as many friends or seemed like she was left out and when she went over and started talking to her, she felt like maybe her peers were judging her or just didn't really understand why she would go out of her way to talk to that girl because she wasn't with anyone. And and that that to me stood out as she's, she's confident in who she is and she knows that being and surrounding herself with anyone and anyone that's willing to bring her up is worth it to her and she's going to go out of her way if someone's alone or isn't obviously in a situation that they should be at that time.
0: Well, that's it. I think when you're confident in yourself and your space, you're able to, um, you know, your world, you know, your world around you, like there's always a consequence, no matter what you do. So if you choose to ignore someone and you don't reach out to help them, there's a consequence to that. You have to live with yourself knowing you could have reached out and chose not to. And that feeling might not be good. You might not like that feeling. So the other piece around uh, parenting that I think is really important is we don't rush to stop uh, Kaya's feelings. Like Mm -hmm. absolutely have your feeling. If you feel upset because you didn't, uh, let's say do as well on a quiz as you'd like to have done. It's okay to sit with that for a moment and then allow that feeling to motivate you to change whatever behavior you need to change in the future. Mm -hmm. And that's not just true for children. It's true for all of us. Look, this this parenting is my favorite thing to talk about. And I'm really excited in our, in our, as we're winding down this show, Ellen, um, it's so I'm so grateful that you came on
2: tonight
0: so <laughs> I'm excited, so huh? grateful to be here so
2: it's been awesome
0: you're going to continue to be motivated as you uh, c- uh, go out in the professional workforce and what is it that you're looking forward to like what are you most looking forward to coming up
2: coming up um so I started my job in end of April, probably around that time. So right now is kind of my first full year. And I've set some goals just within myself and, you know, sales and helping people really, because I've, I've already met a lot of really cool business owners, and I've actually got some friendships through it. And I'm looking forward to just kind of learning more about businesses and pushing myself to succeed and see where things can go.
0: I love it. I absolutely have faith in you. You will be successful in in all of that. And the listeners can be confident that you will be back. That's for sure. (laughs) Really appreciate you taking the time to come in here. Thank you. (laughs) This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. We're here every week on Monday nights, 8 to 10 to try to bring you as much peace as possible. Emotional Management, Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio.